this a cost. Brought an alligator, I ain't talking the cost. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to a very, very special edition of Moneyline Super Bowl Sunday. We get you ready for the big game. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter, 713-780-3776, 713-780-ESPN. For anyone having trouble with the stream, you can also find us on Twitch and all of our work over at SportsMap. I got the man behind the scenes, the guy that keeps the uh, oil or the, the 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 wheels greased and nice and oiled and keeps the uh, the whole thing running properly and that's josh jordan here one of the guys behind sports map and uh i'm just a little piece of what we do here we got everyone from the station from joe blank to uh charlie palillo a little bit of everything that you can possibly want uh to get you going on super bowl sunday because i'm gonna be loading as soon as this show's over i'm gonna start loading up props i'm just gonna do it like that for the people a few at a time there's plenty to get into and then when i started thinking about props i started thinking what got us to this like when did we start betting props and then you have to start thinking back to history of gambling and it goes back to 1985 the refrigerator perry ah yeah the bears exactly and over that super bowl was the first prop made for a super bowl game so for all you historians out there wondering and you guys that are real interested in props well give thanks to the refrigerator perry and those bears because Everyone was anticipating that he might get a run in that game, in that Super Bowl. And everyone but one sweetness, you know, he wasn't looking at it that way, Walter Payton. And it didn't end up going his way because Perry did get it. And at 5-1, to one, that was the first prop bet ever laid out, and it cashed. After that, all hell break loose because – or broke loose because – Everyone in Vegas started thinking of angles and saying, well, we could just open this up. And before you know it, the next year, I think there was a total of about 32, 33 props. Wow. Within four or five years, it was clearing 100 props. Now, when you look at the board, some boards have over 300 props. So in a in a world of gambling that we look to get money in any which way we can, I mean, now we're even gambling on the puppy bowl. You gamble on everything. And then this basically led to fantasy football, right? You're basically just gambling on player stats for the games. So it all started there. It's interesting, too. Apparently, Walter Payton was upset that he was losing those goal line touches and never really told Dicka. And then later on, Dicka found out about it and, and kind of felt bad because he didn't realize it was such a big deal to Walter Payton. How do you bring that up to a guy like yeah, Dicka? Yeah. I mean, because you, I mean, that's a tough conversation to have. And another people or another person that would be mad is the the guys that got it at five to one. It closed at five to one, but Vegas said they got beat up really bad. It opened at forty to one because imagine at that point there's no base, there's no baseline right. to a prop. How do you know it's right? How do you know it's wrong? To say Refrigerator Perry was going to get a touchdown run in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. when you have Walter Payton, yeah, it, that's big to say. And he did, and people cashed, and here we are years later, and we're over here looking at props for halftimes and props for will A-Rod get shown? <laughs> coin toss. You know what I mean? Like that's, It's literally just flipping a coin, and you we know bet how, on that. <laughs> you know how your day's going to go yes. right then and there, though, and you ask yourself, 
why did I do this to myself? Why did I put some money on this coin toss? But it's because you're watching the Super Bowl and you do things out of context. So now, keeping that frame of thought, do not get yourself so far behind on these fun props to where now you're chasing after the national anthem and the coin toss and the first Doritos commercial. Now, all of a sudden, you're over there down X amount of dollars, and now you're chasing. Yeah, you don't want to don't be, be that guy. Pawning your TV because the, the coin toss bet didn't go your way. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Be the guy that's going to jump into this game with a, let's say, a calculated attack. And a calculated attack is one that looks at Kansas City on the road, 29.6 points per game. San Francisco, 27 and a half. These teams can score away from home. But something that's crazy to me is the Chiefs haven't played away from Arrowhead since December 22nd. Hmm. That's a long time. We have spoken throughout this entire season on this show. The splits, though. At home, it seems like the Chiefs don't score as much. Right. At home, it seems like they don't cover as much. But on the road, it's where you saw their numbers not be as large. And going into this particular matchup, you said that the Chiefs are going to have to score. You see them scoring in 29-30 or what, 30s. Yeah. I think that that's what they're going to need. I do. I just Patrick Mahomes. Every playoff game he's played in, all four, he's scored at least thirty points. So I don't, I'm just kind of going with that trend. I, I think it happens again. The Chiefs played eight playoff teams this year, five and three, straight up, but seven and one to the over in those matchups. That's something that uh, sticks out to me because that means that they can beat up on not only these lowly opponents. But they can score on big, good ones, you know? I mean, it's it almost that Mahomes' matchup proof to me. And whenever you start thinking in this game and you start throwing in all these equations I told you about about the pass rush and what if San Francisco comes out there and has a six-minute drive and they score a touchdown and then Mahomes goes three and out and they score again, what happens then? But sometimes certain players are special. And certain things can't be calculated on paper. Well, I mean, just think how how different you think about the Chiefs and Mahomes compared to this time last year. Remember when the, the Chiefs and the Rams were playing each other and 50-something points and it was just madness and Patrick Mahomes won the MVP? Like, it feels like we've downgraded him a little bit this year because, you know, he, he dealt with that injury and kind of played through it and then he also missed a little bit of time with the knee. So I feel like... We're not appreciating that Patrick Mahomes is probably closer to that dude last year when he won the MVP than the guy that was playing through some injuries this year. So that's kind of where I'm coming out on this. And also, we talk about the 49ers being able to run the ball and the Chiefs need to be able to stop. Well, the Chiefs just stopped Derrick Henry. I mean, he was running through everybody. So if they can stop Derrick Henry, I I think they got a shot against Raheem Mostert. The Super Bowl is closed in the 50s, 11 times, the under seven and four of those. Now, as Shanahan coming off of rest, every time that he has had extended rest in his career as a head coach, not many, unders, all four. Hmm. It's something that you have to keep in mind. Is it something we have to look at those particular matchups, when they were, what kind of team they were, or is it something that during off weeks, Extra time, he puts extra emphasis on the run game. 
Can it be that? Could it be that that exactly what we saw these playoffs? By week, next week, smash it to the ground. Run game. If we don't have to bring out Jimmy and make him have to throw, we ain't going to. And look at his experience in the Super Bowl, the Matt Ryan Super Bowl. I mean, they came out on fire. I mean, that's why the Patriots were down 28-3 to or whatever. So his offense was humming that day. They didn't close the deal, but they came out and put up some serious points. And speaking of old Super Bowls, an old Super Bowl that happened in Miami between the 49ers and the Chargers, not to bring up just anything crazy, but that was the highest-scoring Super Bowl of all time that we spoke of earlier that we said, will my bookie, will it surpass the 49-26 between the 49ers and the Chargers? That's the same game, same city, one of the same teams. Not to throw conspiracy theories or or, or whatever, or, or crazy theories, I'm sorry, but you still wonder to yourself, is this got the does this have the painting of one of those games? Because these two teams did play last year at the very beginning of the season, and it's when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL. Oh man. That was the 38 to 27 Chiefs win but a lot has changed since then for those 49ers that defensive line of the 49ers is they've been slowly building it but adding bosa was the was the was the deciding factor to make them elite to me because to me they're elite and he won defensive rookie of the year so who else won those awards uh i believe the offensive rookie of the year went to kyler murray uh, Michael Thomas, I think, was Offensive Player of the Year. Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots, Defensive Player of the Year. And Lamar Jackson, MVP. You agree with all those? Kyler Murray? I mean, Josh Jacobs is probably the other guy you would consider there. But no surprise, they gave the nod to the quarterback. So let's get back to the Super Bowl over-under. Do you paint this game of seven points? Because everything in gaming that I've ever learned would tell you that this is... This is going to be a disaster for <laughs> betters. I mean, once you're seeing in the 80s and you see a line move from 51 and a half to 54 and a half, a whole three point jump mm-hmm. in a game that opened high already, I believe, in a game that we saw the look ahead line, the line win the championship Sunday games before they kicked off. And the line was 51 and or 50 and a half. I'm sorry, it was 50 and a half. And Chiefs minus one or minus one and a half, depending where you got it. So nothing moved as far as who was favored. But then when they opened it, the books caught smart and they said, let's add a point. We're anticipating points. We're anticipating the public's going to want to be on point. But they didn't anticipate enough because it's moved that much. At one point or another, it's too much. You might have missed your opportunity. So then you ask yourself on teasers, would you rather be on Teasing it down to make it go over? Would you rather go, would it, say let's at 54 and a half, would you rather make it go over 37 and a half or would you rather tease it to where it goes to under 61 and a half? And that's doing a seven-point teaser. So, yeah. No, I, I – Would you rather have under 61 and a half or would you rather have that over 37? I'd rather or have, four, 47 and a half, I'm sorry. I'd rather have over 47. I, I think it's going to be right around the low 50s. I think the total's right in the ballpark. That's why I'm kind of – I want to live bet this one because I, I feel like that's right around where it's going to be. So I want to see if I can capitalize on a, a quick touchdown, swinging that number a little bit, and then I can fire on it. On paper, when I handicapped this game with no 
intangibles, just straight up stat on stat, but not just going in, hey, this is the way the team plays on the road, not those kind of stats. Using different metrics that I throw in, but no intangibles as in the Mahomes intangible or Hill beating over the top as being one of the fastest in the league. I didn't throw just straight up numbers and trends. And I got the number circled around 51 to 53. Yeah, that's right kind of there. Which scares me. Again, it scares me. But then once I throw in the intangibles, I feel like there will be a short field in this game. I feel that Garoppolo will make a mistake at some point during this game. I feel like the Chiefs might have one big play. I feel like they can break one open. And I feel like Mahomes might be the deciding factor. When we get back 45 minutes I'm letting it rip. I'm going to give you my lean early so you can get that in. And then I'm going to give you props. Josh is going to put you on the right side of some things as well. And we got Andrew to give you some thoughts on the big game. We're going to do it together here, folks, on Moneyline. Like we do it every single Sunday. Open up the MyBookie accounts. Get that charcoal going. I know you're listening in the garage old school. For all the old schools, I had somebody reach out this week and they said, man, my dad listens to your show every single Sunday in the truck. And I admire that because that means that's that old school guy getting his Sunday morning going, getting his routine going, and his routine includes us. Much love to you, sir. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. See what my man Andrew did there? Getting you ready to party on a Super Bowl Sunday morning. We got our guy Jesse Blister, Jesse, reaching out on Twitter, and he says, hey, I'm just slicing up a little bit of meat. I see some brisket getting cut over there. That seems like to be the story of a lot of people on a Super Bowl Sunday morning joining Moneyline, joining us to make some money, joining us to maybe create a lineup or two before we get out of here on DraftKings. Maybe not a whole lineup, but uh, I get some people on Twitter right now telling us, hey, give us a few plays, give us a few outside-of-the-box thoughts to try to cash in the milli. So we'll try to get to that before we get out of here. But let's get back into what this game's going to be because that's what we're trying to do here we're not it's all fun and games until you get to the Super Bowl and you got one game left to bet and then you're going to have about a seven month gap unless you include hey Houston very own roughnecks and proudly ESPN 97.5 is going to be having the games here on the radio so if football is going to be a void in your near future it's going to be a whole go ahead and try to fill it with the XFL because I was just telling Josh on break that I'm going to give it a chance. I didn't give the AAF a chance or even the XFL the first time around. I'm not even going to lie to kick it with you. I tried that first game for about two quarters and I said, I'm out even with the helmet popping off. I'm out. (laughs) And now that this time around, I feel like they have with Mr. Luck in charge of the league and, a few of the places they've put uh, pieces they've put in place, and a few of the coaches they got, a few of the players that I wonder what happened to them. Now they're on rosters. I'm just curious to see what happens to them. I'm hoping that they learn their lesson from the first time around, and they're going to improve the product. And just to have football around, I guess it's 
it's just wishful thinking. But I'm glad that we have him here at the station. My man Andrew right here, he's going to be running the games. So go ahead and check us out here on ESPN 97.5 starting next week for all the Roughnecks action. Yeah, I love the timing of it. It's just right after the Super Bowl. So you, you feel like you can keep that football momentum going. And we're thinking they're going to have some DraftKings for that, right? So we, we might have some lineups in the next couple of weeks. We'll we'll dive into it. Actually, some big news came out of DraftKings with that. They had already opened up the contest. They had never done this. They opened up the contest for the XFL, and they had the roster set up to where it was almost like the showdown mode, and it made no sense, and people started going off. Well, now they set it up where one run, one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, two flex. So DraftKings is in on this as well. They have a huge tournament going on next week. Hell, uh, look for us on on Moneyline on Twitter, and we're going to release a DraftKings contest, and we'll come up with some kind of prize as far as that this week. So go ahead and check it out. Let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Not to say that we're going to be a diehard aficionados and we're going to hammer you every single Sunday on it, but it might have a couple segments because, again, they're going to be close to the station. We're going to be trying to build the brand with them. And like I said, I'm glad to see what's going on. It's more... I, I mean, more chances to game ball. Look on my on my uh, gambling book, and boom, it says XFL on the menu. That's pretty cool, right? So it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to go straight to NBA now. You have some other options. So we're gonna give it a shot. You used the name Kyle Uchtek earlier. Yep. And how important he might be in this particular matchup. Well, let's talk about the run game and what he means in games where him and Kittle are both active. Five point three yards per carry for the Niners. Where he's out three and a half. So it drops 1.8 yards per carry. Look for him to be a big factor. And like you said, if we know that these numbers, if if, if old little gambling degenerate Jerry knows this numbers, you think that those opposing teams don't know those numbers? So when they know that he is going to be in the game, that's when teams start game planning against them. And that's when you start throwing wrenches into this. And that wrench might be him getting maybe a goal line run. Yeah, or maybe a, a, a little pass, you know, kind of like a little trick play where he gets left wide open in the end zone. That's why I kind of, if you need somebody really cheap on DraftKings, he's 1800 bucks. So, if you know, if he catches that little fluke touchdown for you, that's a win. A win also in the form of, will there be a touchdown under one and a half yards? Both teams had it over 10 times happen in this season. So in the double digits for under one and a half yard touchdown runs, and if you look at just specifically the playoffs, each one of these teams has had that happen in every game. Under one and a half yard touchdown as the shortest touchdown run of the game, I think is money. Go ahead and put that on your board. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, the one that I'm kind of worried about is I've been back in Damian Williams and he's been killing me. And I'm just a little worried about him this week. I, I think he'll score a touchdown because I believe he has like four touchdowns in the playoffs. So, I mean, he's... They use him in that area, but I'm a little worried about him in the passing game today. Niners are the best against pass-catching running backs. I talked about that earlier today. So his receiving totals, I'm probably leaning under. As far as his particular props, will Damian Williams have the most rushing yards in the Super Bowl period out of any player, plus 225? Williams rushing and receiving total yards, 82.5, or longest rush one single rush over under 30, 13.5 yards. That's another one to throw in there. Keep in mind the Niners have allowed only 41.5 yards per game in these two playoff outings on the ground. Now, Patrick Mahomes, most rushing yards, which that's a long shot, plus 900. Yeah. Now, you would have to break a lot of big yards to have that because I do think that 
Mostert's going to get a ton of, of rushes here. I do believe this is going to be a mo- But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, don't be surprised if Brito Brita gets out there somewhere too. That's the thing. If somebody breaks off a run, then he, he's going to keep rolling with that guy. So that, that's where I worry about the Niners is you, just, you don't know who that's going to be from game to game. Now, total turnovers. Do you see these teams turning it over over under two and a half uh, times per uh, combined? I'd probably lean under there. First turnover, an interception or a fumble. Interception minus 155. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to think the interception's a lot more likely. This is one I like. Over or under three and a half field goals. While a lot of pundits are going to be leaning towards, oh, man, this is going to be a lot of touchdowns. Once you start breaking these numbers down, as we did on the Palillo show, remember I told you red zone touchdown scoring percentages. I told you that the 49ers see an average of 3.8 red zone opportunities per game. They convert into touchdowns 2.1. The Chiefs slightly under that two touchdown uh, red zone percentage or two touchdowns is what they convert in the red zone. Over three and a half field goals, I think, is a good bet because San Francisco ranks 21st in that 20 in the in the red zone touchdown percentage. So I think they will settle at points, and I think that points are going to be at a premium here. So. At certain points. Don't get me wrong. I think that once it gets going, they're going to be rolling. But to get the game going, to get these players that uh, the jitters off, I think that putting points on the board is the best recipe for that. I think the remedy of of a quarterback coming out there and being like, man, I'm up 3-0. Okay, like I have a lead. It's a little bit better for you, right? I I, I would think mentally. So they're not going to have the Bill O'Brien approach where they just assume that you're going to have 50 points hung on you. <laughs> so they might actually Man, take some field we, goals. That, I mean, <laughs> lie to me about a lot of things. Tell me a lot of things, but don't tell me that you thought, you know, your your game plan was, hey, boy. We're give up 50. <laughs> hey, boy. You know, the water cooler talk. We're going to get up 50. But, but, but Deshaun, you're scoring about 55 this week. And that's how we're going to win. Let's go get him. <laughs> no, like that never happened. Like a missed extra point at plus 300. Is that a possibility? It is, but it's interesting you bring up the kickers. These are these two kickers have had a fantastic season this year, and Harrison Bucker and, and Robbie Gold. So they've been really good. And if you know if you're a fantasy football player, you know those guys were, were really good for you this year. So I think the kicking game will be part of it. I think Andy Reid might be a little more aggressive and go for it more on fourth down, just because you know he's got Patrick Mahomes and he can roll the dice with him. How do you feel about the wide receiver group of the 49ers? Who's going to lead that group outside of Kittle? Yeah, I I think Kittle will be the dude, but Emmanuel Sanders makes a lot of sense. He's just, he's experienced. He's a pro receiver. He's been in these big moments before. So I think it could be him, but you you, you never really know going into these games. But I think Emmanuel Sanders will show up tonight. Speaking of Emmanuel Sanders, the prop is set at his longest reception over or under 17 and a half yards. Five of his 12 games as a 49er, he's been able to do that. I think that they'll be looking for him. Oh, but yeah. I have a sleeper for you, a sleeper to put in all your DraftKings lineup. And he's going at more than 20 to 1 to be the first touchdown scorer of the game. I think he has a true shot next on Moneyline ESP 97.5. Mix and I stay on target and refuse to 
cars and jeeps. My underground sound vibrates the streets. MCs want to be... To call into the HRNP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. On a big day like this, there's only one spot to be at with your computer open, waiting for the team Moneyline to give you some winning bets. And that's over at MyBookie.ag. Why there? Because... I've been in this game for a long time, and I've had some bad experiences with some of these places. Not only do you gamble on the game, and that's a risk, but when you finally cash out, it's a risk in getting your money. It's it That's a gamble in itself. And I've been using my bookie and never had that problem. The customer service is excellent. The uh, program is excellent. It's easy to use. And not only that, they offer some of the most wide variety of Betting props, angles, live betting, anything that you want to get in on, you can find it over at MyBookie. Now, for all you new guys, guys that are trying to get into sports gambling, uh, no better way to get started other than using this promo code RADIO. You're going to get 50% on your deposit. So basically, say you deposit $200. They're going to give you a free 100 Now you have 300 to play with. $100 to get out there on your Super Bowl props and have some fun today. Not put your actual money in into play. Play with that free money. Get used to the system, learn it, make some money on live bets. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to get back up, and you're going to see that you still have the amount that you put on. That's what you can do over at MyBookie. So once again, get over there, put in promo code RADIO, get that 50% match bonus, and get up on your way. Get ready for this Super Bowl because for the next 30 minutes, we're going to keep dropping these props as we've been doing for the last hour and a half. And we got plenty of them. We'll give out a teaser and we'll give out a side. But you can only bet it over at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. No doubt about it. And what do you think about this Kittle prop bet at total receiving yards? It looks like it's at 70 and a half. You think he gets there? I'm all over Kittle today, to be honest with you. I'm over. I'm on him as far as receptions, yards, and then the individual matchup as far as him and Kelsey. Because not to, that I think he's a better uh, receiver or a tight end than Kelsey, but his matchup. Again, you're going against the stingiest defense against tight ends, against a bottom five. It just seems that the cha- that the Chiefs have more weapons. You know what I mean? So if, if you throw all those factors in and the offensive share gets spread out just a little bit more on that Chiefs side, and they might look for Kittle a little bit more often, and Kittle's got a softer matchup, just leads me to believe that Kittle will come out with more yards. Jerry Bo, put your name on that one. Kittle, more yards. Okay, I, I like that too. And Fells got in the end zone for the Texans when they played the Chiefs. So, you know, hopefully Kittle will do the same. I, I went ahead and took the over on his receiving total as well. I, I, I'm with you. I, I like the matchup for him. So I think he's going to have a big game. I think Kelsey's going to have a nice game too, though, just because of how great a player he is. How big of a game? Let's talk MVP of the Super Bowl. No tight end has ever won the, the, this award. So not knowing that, you would come into this matchup and you were thinking, man, Kittle and Kelsey have a good chance. Sure. But one going at 16 to 1, Kelsey at 20 to 1. Never has a tight end won 
the award. Can this be the year? If any, if any, it, it can. I mean, I I, I want to go back and look at all the Super Bowl history, but I'd argue with somebody without even looking at the stats is this might be the best tight end matchup in a Super Bowl. Yes, and the most likely to have an MVP tight end because it could be on either team. But it's just tough. They typically give it to the quarterback. So, you know, if Kelsey has like three touchdowns, and that means Mahomes threw him three touchdowns. So, you know, then they usually give the nod to the quarterback. That's the, the tough part. The nod has gone to the quarterback 29 times over the last 10 years, seven. But in just three of the past six, as we've seen Edelman, Miller, Malcolm Smith, and uh, over that span. Yeah. So so as as we know the trend is big and long, but if we take smaller sample sizes, you've seen that it's broken as of late. Now, does that lead you back to believe that n- normal ways will play out? And it's going to go back to the way it's been because it's hard to imagine the Chiefs winning it and Mahomes not getting that. Right. Like, I, I would I would think that it'd be more likely that a 49ers player that's not Jimmy Garoppolo could win it than that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't win it for the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Now, let's go to running backs and wide receivers. Seven times, but they're moving in opposite directions. The last running back to win it was Terrell Davis back in 98. Then you go back to Edelman, and then before that, it was Santonio Holmes in 2009. And remember, Deion Branch won it one year instead of Brady, I believe. In 05. So, keeping that in mind, do you see it going to uh, who most likely gets it? We know that, or we think that if the Chiefs win, it's probably going to Mahomes. If the 49ers win, do you think that it most likely goes Garoppolo, or is there options to maybe get it? From on the ground, or maybe even a defensive player with that defense being right. so stout. Like Sherman, if he got a pick six or something, a, he could win it. A pick six, or a turnover, or multiple sacks, uh, I'm sorry, sacks, or fumbles, mo- mo- uh, yeah. whatever the case may be. So let me give you some number on defensive players. They've taken the award 10 times over the last 20 seasons, four though. Remember, we had Von Miller do it that one season. Mm-hmm. So now you ask yourself, what? does a defensive player have to do what did those guys do that was it picks was it turnovers was it sacks what is it if back in the defensive player the good news is that you don't have to choose a touchdown as far as them taking one to the house because that's unlikely Mm -hmm. already as it is so now you're picking out the defensive player that gets the touchdown rather than he had one touchdown but this guy had six sacks so don't don't think of it that way because just one out of all those 10 defensive players Got a touchdown. Just one. So to get MVP as a as a as a defensive player, you don't necessarily have to get in the end zone. It's only happened one out of those ten guys. The bad news is though, you do need him to create a turnover, though, because Ray Lewis in 2001 is the only player defensively to win the MVP in the Super Bowl without forcing a turnover or recovering a fumble. That's interesting. But it makes sense though. You know, if you're if you're just getting a bunch of sacks or you're creating fumbles, you know, anything like that, it's that's what changes games from defense is taking the ball away. So that that's what they got to do, but they don't necessarily have to score. I mean, what would Bosa have to do in this game? I mean, a, a late game sack, but then again, if say it's a close game and in a sack sack fumble touchdown. Yeah. But then does that give him that over in a game that's 27 to 30? And, you know, Mahomes has got four TDs or, you know, three TDs, whatever the case may be. Does that automatically give it to him? So it's tough. Be careful with 
who you go for here and and how you bet it. Now, if you can, I saw the Mahomes number. It's 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 so skewed. Some places got it minus one ten. If that's the case, why would you risk that? And say some fluky thing happens and he doesn't get it, but the Chiefs win and you lose. Mm-hmm. But some places have it at plus 125 to where at that point you're saying, man, I don't want to play minus 120. That's a 45 cents on the dollar difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 45 from minus 120 to plus 125. And if the Chiefs win, yeah, Mahomes is going to get it. So that's a gamble inside the gamble. Last thing you want to do is celebrate the game and they're like, yeah. and the MVP uh-huh. goes to get on out here, Kelsey. Yeah. It could happen, but I'm just curious. How often do you look at MVP stuff and really try and bet it in these type of games? Is it something that that you kind of work on that you do a bit, or is it just something you kind of do for fun? Depending the matchup, because this one, this particular matchup, I can't see any other way the Chiefs win this game and Mahomes doesn't get it. Right? It's it's, it's almost correlated. It's a correlated parlay. So if you like the Chiefs, then. But then there is that little chance. So is that forty-five cents on the dollar difference? If you're getting plus one twenty-five, one twenty, let's even call it plus one fifteen, as to minus one twenty-five Chiefs money line. You know, yeah, that's, that's forty cents different. That's a lot. That's a huge difference. That's minus. You have to put one hundred and forty to win a hundred. Yeah, you know, fourteen hundred. You have to put a win a thousand rather than twelve hundred. That's a good way to look at it. Or if you put that twelve hundred at plus one twenty five, now you're making excess of fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars, whatever the math. So be careful. Juice kills. It does. I had a guy that bless bless his soul. He's not with me no more. um, Taught me this gambling game. Uh, He told me juice doesn't hurt unless unless you You lose. lose. Yeah, that's the only time you'll never. You never a winner's never gonna. He's gonna be like, man, I could have won more. If he does that, he's greedy. Mm-hmm. He's worrying about too much. You never juice doesn't hurt unless you lose. Then you start thinking, man. Even if you win, you say, man, Jerry, that makes no sense. You won less. Yeah, but you're a winner, right? <laughs> and that's in on the the bet I made today. I bought that half a point to get it just Chiefs minus one. So basically, it's just Chiefs to win. I just I felt a little more comfortable with that. I didn't want to have to worry about them covering. So th- that's what I fired on. I think the Chiefs will win and. Yeah, I paid a little more juice, but if they win, then I'm going to be happy that I cashed my bet. Now, let's go to potato chip bets. Something that you're going to have fun with. Put just a little bit on this. But at 200 to 1, 200 to 1, I'm going to tell you who can possibly be the first touchdown scorer of the game. And that's going to be one Kendrick Bourne. And I believe so because the number one wideout receivers versus that Chiefs defense, third in the NFL defending them. Chiefs defending the number two wide receiver. They're seventh in the NFL. But against all other wide receivers, they dropped to 21st in the NFL. If you look at Kendrick Bourne, he's had his spots. And it's hard to say with Jimmy Garoppolo's 27 playoff attempt, uh, pass attempts so far what he's going to do with this. But in a game where they might be throwing a lot more often than not in a game that they might look for scoring early and said, you know what, we're going to punch Kansas City mm-hmm. in the mouth. Born in the slot position at 200-1, throw a little half a unit, quarter of a unit even, and you can potentially be free rolling the whole game. Imagine if you hit that, You say, and I'm just saying, say you're betting 200 bucks today, and... You put five dollars on that bet, and then all your other bets are, you know, involved, and they're they're risking one ninety five. If that bet hits, you're free rolling. 
And if he, it loses, it's five dollars. It's five dollars, and he has six touchdowns this year. Six touchdowns, and you're getting those kind of odds. You heard it here first, and you're gonna hear it here last because we got one segment left. I hate to say goodbye. This is gonna get deep here. We're gonna give some picks. We're gonna give some wins. And we're going to talk one thing, Kobe Bryant. I got one last thing to say to end this week and to put some closure on number 24, number 8 for me, Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, the last segment. Before we leave you in football's hands and football's eyes, because we have one game left and then we got about seven months, unless you count the XFL, which you should. Give it a chance, give it a try. For us DraftKings guys listening out there right now, there is a chance, and there's a lobby already open, and I'm going to be dipping in that because I'm what they call a degenerate gambler. I'm (laughs) proud of that. I put a lot of work into it. I put a lot of work into some of these props, and we got Lamont on Twitter right now, and he says he's got the prop bet on no overtime. It's bad value, but it's safe, and whenever you use that prop, you can't even say bad value because value will tell you over time that it's a wonderful bet. I mean, one Super Bowl has gone into overtime. That was the Patriots-Falcons. So using that thought, if you were to use this same bet over time, then you would come out profit. It, yeah. But is this, is, it's scary in a one-point spread type of game. Right. But does it make sense? It perfectly makes sense. It does. And now you get a lot, of, uh, a lot of value. And again, depending on what book and what odds you're getting, but if you're getting, if your book doesn't have that plus 700 at least to 900, 1200, then it's not worth going yes because the implied odds tell you over time that one out of 52, yeah. you're going to tell me you're going to pick that jelly bin out of there for a plus 1,000? No, it just doesn't happen. So be careful with all those. As ugly as it seems to, and I mean, by no means am I telling you that $100 to win, $10 is ever advisable bet. But when you talk about values and I hate saying for sure, yeah. But the closest thing to to that, as far as history, is no overtime. So I feel you on that, Lamont. No, that makes sense. We talked about Kendrick Bourne as a possible option as a first town, uh, a first time touchdown scorer. You know, who scores the first TD of the game. Uh, I did want to give a little correction. I said he had six TDs last year. He's actually six TDs in his last eighteen games. So just wanted to clarify that. But that still tells you that they look for him. So he might be the first guy that scores a touchdown and. That'd be a nice way to start off your gambling on Sunday for sure. Also, throw him in those DraftKings lineups yeah. because he's going to be cheap. And again, he had a touchdown against the Vikings in that game. He was going off at twenty to one. So first touchdown score won't hurt. Any time score might not hurt in a game that's going to open up. I believe at one point or another. But be keep in mind, a slow start doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end that way. All those four games that had 0-0 starts within the last 18 years, I believe is what we gave on, on the Charlie Palillo show. Right. All four of them went over and drastically over. So play patiently. Play smart. Use common sense. If the 
Niners open it up. What is that going to do towards the end of the game? They're going to try to shorten it up. If they're up two score, if the Chiefs, maybe that opens up to more possessions, more scoring, uh, more throwing from Garoppolo. Look at every aspect you can and, and make. I mean, once that Lakers starts going, once that Hennessy starts rolling, I know it's tough and you're cooking and you're having fun, but set your bets, set your what you're going to bet amounts to the side and know, hey, these are my my fun bets. Whatever I lose on the National Anthem, so be it. Whatever I lose on Gatorade Color, so be it. But I have my concrete bets that are going to cover those and some and pay for this crawfish that everybody's eating. <laughs> exactly. That's the way you got to think That's of it. That's the goal. Yeah, so keep in mind all these things and – Again, let's break down. Let's get into our picks. We still got six minutes. We got a couple things to say, though. But I really want to know what side you're on, over, under, uh, side as far as winner, and then maybe your favorite prop, any other props that we spoke of. Josh, what you got, man? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I I bought the half point, so I got them just to win by a point. And I'm happy with that. I think they're going to win the game. As far as the total, I I think the number's really close. Um, I mean, I think it's the numbers right on the nose. If I had to lean, maybe I'd I'd go under. I'm just more, but I I could easily see it going over. It's just I don't know about the 49ers. I'm not sure how many points they're going to get up on the board. I think the Chiefs will score around 30. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking there. But I also like Kittle over on receiving yards. I believe it's in. I think it's like 70 and a half. I like that one as well. I've got the Chiefs winning. Um, like Josh said, I feel like that over-under is like right around where I think it's going to be. If I had to pick, I would lean the over. But I, I think that the, the Chiefs win and they hit the over. Well, I've gone back and forth on this one so many times. And I just, I just can't. Everything on paper tells you that the 49ers have the right ingredient to stop that. Chiefs offense. Everything tells you that 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 the the blitz or the pressure is going to be able to neutralize what the Chiefs do best. Everything tells you that that Shanahan maybe has learned his lesson as not running it that much in that Super Bowl, not running it when he was in field goal position, taking a sack. How much do the ghost of the past play into this? Because Andy Reid's got his own skeletons. So when do those skeletons those jitters for both the quarterbacks and the coaches go out the window. I believe that Mahomes is going to play more freely. I, I believe Mahomes is that guy. I believe that as much as you want to look at it, Garoppolo in a perfect game situation, perfect script, yeah, in a 7-7 game, yeah, he can be that guy. In a, in late, but in a game that if he gets behind, I don't think he's going to be able to catch back up. As much as we want to give props to that 49ers defense, because, yeah, it is pretty when they're getting sacks and they're throwing Aaron Rodgers on the ground and Kirk Cousins. and But when you look at the previous four games before that, that's what sticks out to me. When you look at quarterbacks that can improvise, quarterbacks that can not get affected, that don't get affected when the pocket moves, Russell Wilson, Murray. When you start looking at quarterbacks like that and you look at what they did and you look at did they have success, you think yes. And when you look at this matchup here and if you make Mahomes move out of the pocket somewhere where he's proven to be the best this season, the best this season with no interceptions against zone defenses while moving out of the pocket, 
That's who Mahomes is. You get him moving, man, it's going to be trouble. And I think speed kills. The games that we're playing now, speed kills. And I think it's going to be a show me and I'll show you. And again, okay, you could play safe. And we're going to start using these bubble screens, making San Francisco have to play honest and playing close up. Once they establish that and they make San Francisco have to play press so they can't throw those bubble screens. They can't get it. How did how did Andy Reid used to beat blitzes back in Philadelphia? Those screens, running back screens, right? Yep. Who ran better screen than the Philly screen? Nobody. Nobody. Those those Westbrook-led teams. Remember those teams? Of course. That's where he's going to have to go back to who he was. Get them the ball in open space. Let Bosa through. Come on in. Get you some. Dump it over the top. Once you get them hit a couple times like that, that defensive rush is going to slow down. It is. And you brought up speed. I think that matters here, especially with Tyreek Hill. Keep in mind, Richard Sherman's had a great year. He's one of the, you know, a fantastic cornerback, but he's not a speed guy. I mean, even coming out of college, I think he ran like four sixes or, or, or high four fives. So when he's going against Tyreek Hill, who runs a four two, you know, I think I think they could take advantage of that. Mecole Hardman's a four three guy. They have a lot of speed, and that's not exactly a strength for Sherman. He likes to kind of get his hands on you and jam you. So. My favorite prop, and the more the more we broke it down, I think it just makes perfect sense for Kittle. Smash Kittle all the way around. Yes. I think he, again, not that, I think he's a better tight end than Kelsey. I just think the matchup leads for that. I, I believe that the Chiefs have more ways they can split the ball open. And not to say that Kelsey's not going to go off. We've seen him go off. But sure. in this particular matchup, something that the uh, 49ers are the best at as far as fantasy points. Look for... Kittle to get peppered in a game that maybe people are going to shot. I always say, what have you done for me lately? Well, what has he done for you lately? Kittle, nothing. Yeah, and if I'm the 49ers and I saw what Kelsey did to the Texans, all my preparation is like, how do we not let that happen to us? You know, how do we make sure Kelsey doesn't kill us like he did the Texans? I got to think that's the focus of what they're doing. So I'm with you. I, I think I think the matchup's better for Kittle. I'm going to go with him today over on the receiving yards. I, as far as the total, I mean, I'm just going to lay it out right here. Everything pointing me again to the under. I just think that certain variables you can't handicap, like Deshaun Watson against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I told you that whole week, Buffalo is better in these in, in these parts. Not by no means was I going to say that Buffalo team was overall better because I think they were a fluky team. I do. I, I just they're great defense, but they still have a lot to be said. And we hadn't even seen Allen in a playoff game, and we were painting mm-hmm. to be a, a, a winner, you know. And not to say that he's not good, but he has a lot to learn. Sure. In any given day, I'm taking Watson eighty percent over Allen in a playoff game. I just that's just who I am. To each his own, whatever the case may be. But when it came down to the handicapping in that game, I said, man, everything tells you Buffalo, but I believe that Watson is going to pull it off. However he does it, I don't know how. After all the numbers I give you and all these stats and all these trends going back to 2003, and all I could tell you after this is Mahomes is going to win this game. I don't know how. I don't know when he's going to blow it open. But Mahomes ultimately he gets the crown. I think he holds the crown. I think Andy Reid walks off the winner. I think that there'll be more times for Shanahan. I think there'll be different times for Garoppolo. But this moment right here, it lies for Kansas City. I'm with you, Jerry. I'm taking the Chiefs as well for everything you just mentioned. So we shall see. It did feel like that with the Texans, right? I wanted to bet the Bills, but my gut told me bet on Deshaun. I feel it's the same way today. 
bet on Mahomes. And just to close out thoughts, last week the news broke of Kobe Bryant right after we got off on, uh, off air. I'm glad it didn't break on here. I've given it some thought. And all I could come up with is this. We do not need to wait for tragedies to happen to come together. If anything that we can learn from everything that happened to Kobe Bryant is that there is a way to right your wrongs or what people might have a perception of you as. So make sure that whatever chapter in life that you're writing right now, you make it well written, you think it well, you love it well, and we stick together. Don't wait for tragedies. No matter what, we got to stick together. Thank you for joining Moneyline on a Super Bowl Sunday. I sign off for the squad. Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, and your man Jerry Bone Nose with a Z. We love you all. Peace! G'day, mates. This is Sam Windsor of the Houston Sabercats. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.